Welcome. You are tuned in to another episode of the Third Wave Startups with Aviral Sibbal, and my guest today is Pratik Singhania. Pratik has done his bachelor's and master's from IIT Kharagpur. He worked for three years at BCG, and is currently working as an investment professional at Sef Partners. Hi, Pratik. Welcome. Hi, Aviral. Nice to be here. How are you doing? I'm perfectly fine. So, Pratik, did I miss out anything in your introduction? No, it's short and sweet. Yeah, it's awesome. So, Pratik, you focus on the SaaS segment in investments at Safe Partners. That's right. So, could you help me out? What exactly is software as a service? And you know, maybe differentiated with uh, internet as a service, like something AWS AWS gives you. Right. So, I think uh, what is what you need to understand is. you know saas essentially is an application that helps you uh, automate or do things uh, differently uh, on a software compared to a human doing it or you doing it on a more inferior solution so so essentially when saas started uh, let's say for example one of the earliest companies include likes of salesforce uh, earlier you know people used to do Uh, the sales guys used to call. They used to maintain manual trackers, etc. And then what happened was there used to there uh, came a solution which was a more elegant way to manage the entire process, and you could record it on a software. So essentially, that software is is manage is kind of uh, you know working uh, against or vis-a-vis someone managing your records. uh on a day to day basis or manually so that that is what it essentially means it kind of automates or or uh, kind of um, you know improves the way something is performed or worked right and how is it different from uh, internet so, so soft software as a service although it can be on premise as well uh, but most of the saas companies that you see nowadays are on cloud and it is it is hosted uh, on cloud on internet but an overall internet can be used for anything it can be used for uh, sending files it can be used for social platforms however something like facebook is not a saas right something like facebook is 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 a social media platform so that is that is also hosted on internet but that is very different from a business application or a place where you can do something meaningful uh, upright Does that does that help in terms of differentiation, or or you need to kind of no, Pratik. This is actually something. exactly what I was looking for because this is a question that's often raised in my mind. That does Facebook qualify as a SaaS? Because it is a social media that allows you to leverage the internet. However, it also provides you with services like events, calendars, you know, those kinds of things, uh, message messaging. Yes, so so for example, if you consider Slack, uh, Slack is a is a message allows you to message as well. However, Slack and Facebook are uh, Slack is a SaaS product, but uh, whereas Facebook is not a SaaS product uh, because because Slack allows uh, essentially the crux of the problem it's solving is a team collaboration issue, right? Team there were emails getting scattered, there were different chat forums. Uh, there were files which were at different places, discussion forums, etc., etc. So all of that is kind of coming onto one place, 
and that software is enabling something which was earlier uh, either scattered or, or manual or let's say a less efficient let me put it this way less efficient way of doing it however facebook solved the problem of connecting individuals right uh, that that is not a problem which is in a uh, let's say ultimately uh, it connects individuals who are already there on the in in a human interface or or let's say someone who know each other it's it's not something to uh, an, an inherent business need in some sense that is getting solved at facebook so most of the time the saas product is is solving for a business right. need in in, so, in essence but the uh, about the saas segment what is it that's changed recently that you know saas is booming right now like it's so hot uh so saas uh, as a as a sector itself has you know you know kind of picked up uh in last 10 15 years in some sense it is after the overall internet boom uh, overall uh, are you are you talking more about a long term or more in the recent times in india are you thinking more of a global thing or more in more india global thing? because you know saas being over the internet and it doesn't not requiring installation and all of that jazz it hardly matters as to where hmm. the company originates right right so okay so what i'm trying to say is one uh the entire comfort on internet on you know the connectivity the tech has come in was not there just a, lo- a long time ago right that connectivity things like comfort things like uh, the processing speed things like the amount of, or the number of softwares or or let me put it this way a very good analogy is did you have uh, 10 no. apps uh, 10 years back on your mobile phone no right you didn't have anything that was because they were it is both the it is both the combination of one the entire infrastructure surrounding it plus the hardware that supports it so all of those things kind of come together you know that is enabling saas to be pushed and people are seeing the benefits out of it the merits of using it uh, etc so unless you see value uh, no one would kind of adopt it also right so so the more the value you see so for example tomorrow uh you have you there are a few apps on your mobile phone which will always have there are a few apps which you will let's say an uber and ola will always be there on your phone however something like uh, yeah. a nearby might get uninstalled from your phone for example right or yeah. or something like uh let me put it this way something like a portal uh which you want to kind of uh, move yeah. stuff from one place to the other you might do it once in a while so those are the kind of differences that kind of come up and and now see the use case uh and the surrounding infrastructure around it is coming up and hence saas is kind of mm-hmm. taking off and in some sense pratik no this has really bothered me and i was talking about it with prane gupta also the other day you know the co-founder of 91 springboard he is also involved with saas startups quite a lot so to in saas how do you move from a freemium model mm-hmm. you know where you offer free services and someone can upgrade pay and upgrade to a premium model to a robust revenue based model how does that switch happen
got it got it i think uh, very good question i like the question a lot so the premium product you know right is 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 uh, yeah. the purpose of a premium product is to kind of get users to adopt right now to get users to adopt is 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 twofold one either you want to collect some data in the backend about the users about the user habits which you otherwise don't have uh, that is one for let's say you are running ai ml algorithms in the backend that is one reason second reason is possibly you want people to adopt up to a platform or to start using a platform for example a very good example would be something like a very simple example would be something like a gmail you start with an offline version on a personal and you like it and hence you will move to right. a suite program for an office email and you will pay for it also right there as well uh now the thing is essentially if your product has genuine value and and your customer cannot live without it right then he will he will of course pay for your product right say for example today apple commands although it's not in a software or a saas domain but why does apple uh why is apple able to command such prices because the inherent experience and the product that apple gives you as an iphone in the iphone is 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 not comparable to any other product out there in the market so if your product is genuinely solving a need and the customer needs it to solve some business use case you can automatically shift from a premium model to a paid model and any enterprise any worthwhile enterprise would would be willing to pay for it if if you if if someone backs out of after premium because then then essentially that means there is there is a, a product out there in market which is which is if not better it is as good uh, an as good free right. product is out there in the market and which a user can uh, so shift to what are the metrics that you look for in a startup when you know you're going into invest in something like saas because it takes uh, startups a while in saas to change to a revenue based model so when you're investing in such a sector what are the metrics that you look at so one for example avira it mm-hmm. is not necessary that all saas startups will start from a freemium model there are startups which we know which have started from a paid model from day one and some of them even take uh, you know they charge money even for a poc as well paid poc in some sense so it's a myth that you need to start with a premium model only to prove uh, the product's worth if if the value and the use case is so genuine there are enough and more customers and enterprises out there in the market in the world who are ready to pay for your product that is one uh two at the same time the question that you are asking um you know the metrics that we look at in some sense would be Uh, since when we are doing early stage there are there are a lot of things that we would would be focusing on is the how is the product what is the pain point it is actually solving and uh, what is how is how is the current market or what is the user currently using which is a substitute for the product how it will change the life of the user inherently right i think those two three questions in an early stage are much more important i'm purely telling this from an analysis perspective but those two three questions are much more important than things like uh, what is the arr that you are getting what is the uh, of course those things are important what is the churn etc right of course arr churn uh, you know acv size what is the customer expansion slash contraction happening over months all of those things are super important uh, 
however along with gross margins and what is the ebitda sector that you are working at however still what is what is what we focus try to focus on is is the pain point and the product what is the pain point and what is the how is the product changing the life of the user so whether it is being whether the shift is substantial or not i think that is a very critical question to answer along with of course things like the team right. uh, overall competitive and landscape the market so size let's talk about uh, later stage fundings like series c series d now do the metrics play a much more important more important role than the product there Yeah. So in the series C D, if you are doing the essentials, then there's a PMF already established, right? Uh, uh, if 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 uh, if you are raising series D, yeah. it's more than I um, would be kind of you can be more than assured that the product market fit has already happened. So if the product market fit has happened, then then essentially those answers, then you have got those answers. You have got the uh, answer to the team's ability on execution. You have got the answer about. teams uh, customer obsession you have got the answer on teams aggression you have got an answer on whether the product is solving our pain point or a need or not and then what happens is all of these answer questions inherently get answered through the data so what i mean to say is if your if your if your customer is let's say you got two customers on on in year 1 uh, in let's say bfsi domain and if you do not have five customers or 10 customers in year 2 in the bfsi domain then essentially there is you have mm-hmm. not uh, there are the pain point is not genuine in the bfsi domain for example right uh, if the customer if the customers uh, what the customer is paying out to you as a as a chunk of money if that is decreasing over time then that essentially implies that the that the requirement is not is not uh, enough or, or requirement is not genuine or or maybe it could be like uh, you know it's a one time thing that the customer required and it's not a perennial product that the customer wants every day in and day out so those things start getting answered through the data automatically at series cd level you know questions like your growth in arr your growth in uh, the customer number your churn rate your uh, what is the uh, expansion versus new customers coming in uh what has been your collections over time all of those things kind of uh, have meaningful implications and if you were to see uh, you know companies like uh, salesforce uh, or let's say slack yeah. these are showing almost you know 50 to 100% growth year on year even till date so so that is something that you need to kind of those numbers and start Prati, to automatically when do you think it becomes less important that the number of customers that you're pulling in and becomes more important the dollar value that you are bringing in when does that shift happen with a company i think that completely depends on uh, what the what is the type of customer that the company is is uh, you know is targeting what is the tg so if it is an smb tg like a uh, freshworks then you will have number of customers essentially becomes very important and then uh, corresponding with number of users in every organization or every smb using would become important however if you let's say are trying to sell a very enterprisey product which is on uh, big data which which kind of gives you uh, 
वेरी हाई टेक थिंग्स लाइक यू नो मॉनिटरिंग डेटा स्टैक्स और मॉनिटरिंग एप मॉनिटरिंग सिस्टम्स वुड बी वेरी एंटरप्राइज फोकस्ड और हाई एंड कस्टमर फोकस्ड so there you would sell customer there the contract size becomes very important so i think it completely depends on what is the target group right. that you are solving so, uh, no, you are aiming for turning to investments more generally what i'd like to know is how do you source these companies i mean the startups that you invest in what's your source because quite a lot of them are first time entrepreneurs they don't have any history so where do the potential investments from right right so i think uh, so i think uh, one uh, you know there is there is no secret sauce i think there are a lot of host of websites etc now which kind of give you very early stage uh, uh, alerts that you know so and so startup is getting incubated or so and so startup is a part of this accelerator program or uh, so and so you know kind of someone posts on their own linkedin those kind of things happen a lot right uh, that is i think one and do over time i think it it kind of becomes a network effect and we start getting uh, quality founders uh, automatically start approaching us as well that hey we want to reach out to you and you want to we are looking to raise funds and want to speak to you etc uh i think it is over years especially for for us here at sef over years the amount of time we had spent in the market uh etc it it kind of uh, you know has direct implications uh, for funds for 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 some of the reputed funds uh, you know automatically founders know right them in the market and, and they reach you know, out in those so those, uh, those it's like a flywheel meeting those one hour long talks what is it that you look for that makes you interested in a venture i mean i think this is very simple um you know it is it is not very complex as i mentioned uh, the kind of things we look at would be uh, you know teams uh, insight on the problem the pain point what's the product uh, what has been the traction so far and uh, what is something uh, you know something about the competitive landscape etc i think these are the basic uh, checkpoints that we kind of speak and the founders i think the founder and the team becomes a very important and uh, do you at safe have any geo limits or any sectoral limits that just especially you won't invest past uh, do you have any geographical or sectoral limitations wherein you won't invest from sorry i didn't get the question right so i think we have a we are an india focused fund so we we have to right. leverage and some india connection what's the sure. investment process I here think that like, is the only i mean what's the percentage do. of your meetings that turn into term sheets and what are the percentage of term sheets that will actually turn into investments uh 
I think these numbers uh, honestly do not make any sense. Uh, even if I quote, whether I quote a one percent number or a ten percent number, these numbers do not make any sense because if you like the founder, if you like the startup, you will go ahead. If you don't like them, you don't go ahead. Uh, what about uh, the time taken from an initial just, meeting just doesn't make, where you uh, do seem interested any, any to the final handing over of the check? What does that look like? That time period. it varies uh, it varies significantly it can be it can be a week it can be a month it can be three months i think uh, there is a process to it uh, in the back end that happens there are due diligences done uh, there are checks and balances uh, there are def checks etc those things happen and um, after that the process takes its due course so however it can vary anywhere between a week to a to three months as well right there is and no pratik so there is no how do you um, hedge your risk between the bets that you make surrounding it uh, i think uh, mm-hmm. we as a fund at say for example for sure we kind of come in with a lot of conviction and uh, you know we will we will will partner only and only if we feel that there is something that is this is something that we are uh, genuinely interested in and we want to kind of go ahead uh, there is there is very little uh, there is inherently they are not every startup that we are investing in we feel that uh, this is going to be a next right. billion dollar company unless that happens we are not going to go ahead uh, that is our thinking behind every investment and we do not do a safe process we play an active role post investment also i mean lot of what does the agreement look like do you usually want a board seat uh generally we do take a board seat uh, whenever <laughs> we go ahead in any in investment i think uh, this question is best answered by most founders <laughs> however in our portfolio however at the same time we our aspiration is to be the trusted sounding board of the founder and not get into the day to day activities in some sense of course we will uh we and our team uh, you know along with the partners etc would come in whenever they feel there is any strategic inputs required uh, we want to be the first port of call for the founder and we don't want to get into the day to day operations because uh, we whenever we believe uh, Pratik, what would you say founder that he was a successful uh, investment i mean what is the percentage the return that you get on it that would make it successful in your eyes Yeah, we want a hundred x return on every investment. <laughs> That is what we want. <laughs> All right, Prat. So, yeah, I don't think there is any other way that we think about every investment that we make. Actually, whether it's 
not whether it turns out that way or not depends so, on Pratik, I see that we are running out of time so let's just end this with one last question where you tell me what you would like in an investor's pitch sure. where he doesn't have metrics to show is at that stage where there are no metrics right now in terms of revenue what would you like for him to present in pitch yeah i think uh, i think more in what you're telling is more of a seed stage or a paper based plan kind of a stage i think the what is the most important thing at that point of time is is the pain point and the understanding of the or, and the insight of the problem is that deep enough with the founder or not the founder really really needs to know the pain point and the has to have a very strong insight on the on the problem that he is he or she is trying to solve uh she should understand uh, really well uh, what is the target customer that 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 she is trying to kind of uh, get for her startup for her venture i think that is that is very very critical uh what is also important mm-hmm. at the same time is is an is how are you thinking about the business right sometimes there yeah. has to be a vision there has to be an aspiration uh all those so for example all those swiggy started just with kormangla swiggy's vision was always with to come you know to to be the to be the most uh, to be the only player or to be deliver food in all parts of the country right uh, i think that vision and that aspiration should should kind of show in the in the way you communicate in the in the hustle that you have uh, there should be a fire in the belly in some sense uh, which is which is very critical yeah. thanks guys for tuning into another episode of the third wave startups we'll be back another week back with another episode next week till then thank you very thanks a lot man